Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, I'm here with my buddy cop Eduardo Encina, where we've just seen the uh, completion of the Bucks' 2019 season. They lose 28 to 22. Overtime. Overtime. Yeah. Yeah. OT. And they lose on a pick six, so it's fitting, right, that uh, Jameis Winston in overtime, the first uh, play in overtime, um, is intercepted by Deion Jones, his second of the game, and he takes it in uh, for a score, and that's the way they wrap up this season at 7-9. Uh, and nine. and uh, Eduardo, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback in this one. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because Bruce Arians put a lot of stock in finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. I think this game was really important, obviously, to both teams. Um, but really really to Bruce Arians because his team had given away a lot of games. I think it was important that they have a little momentum going into next season. But, you know, you saw some good performances this year and some good good performances in this game. Ronald Jones went over 100 yards for the first time. The defense, outside of giving up a touchdown on the first drive, did not allow another offensive score. Um, they gave up uh, four, uh, five field goals um, to the Falcons. And, and yet – the story always comes back to the quarterback, and, and we'll get into why he probably shouldn't have been in that position with Matt Gay missing three field goals. But, I mean, this is just almost the imperfect ending in a sense, that the perfect imperfection is what, is what I called it because we started the year saying, can Bruce Arians stop this quarterback from turning the ball over? And the answer was emphatically no. Yeah, I mean, when you have a quarterback who – uh, throws 30 uh, touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Something has never been done ever in the history of the 100-year history of the NFL. Yeah. Um, and seven pick sixes, yeah, which and, has and, never been which done. Which has never been done as well. So a lot of dubious history today yeah. with Jameis Winston. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, you mentioned that we've – you know, there was a lot of talk going into the week about the 8-8 eight and eight versus the 7-9 and nine. Bruce said early in the week, he's like, you know, I told these guys they're not losers, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you don't want a losing record. They actually put that on the Jumbotron, that quote before the game. Wow. And so there's a, there was a lot of stock put into that, put into a win. And, like, there, there's a lot. I, I feel like maybe too much. There's a lot more that goes into this team, that goes into the, the good and the bad of this team, you know. Absolutely. Than necessarily whether they finish with seven wins or eight. But – you know, of course, we were just talking about this, is that one thing I think that's going to be the narrative throughout this offseason and, and until they make a decision on Jameis Winston, I think every week we've, we've wondered, okay, is the decision easier? Is it harder? What, what's And now it's, I see, I don't know if it's harder. I, I, I don't know what it is right now. But, like, but no matter what, you, you've got to ask yourself, that all the improvements that this team is making, whether it's on defense, whether it's a game like this that we see from Ronald Jones, whether it's the, the, the duo of receivers that are at the top in the game, whether it's you know a secondary that's coming, to, coming into its own, whether it's Devin White, who's going to be a pro bowler for several, several years, that all that stuff kind of gets taken away yep. by a few bad throws by one guy. 
Mm-hmm. And the question is, can you win with it? And and it, and oddly enough, is that's the question anymore? Is can you deal with it anymore? Right, right. No, that's there's a tolerance that's being eroded. And I'll say this. Bruce Arians has had this quarterback's back like no quarterback I've ever seen before. From Jump Street, he has pointed out anytime the interception was somebody else's fault, this guy ran a poor route, this guy could have blocked better, um, you know, that ball was tipped, whatever it was. He, is, he has spent a good portion of this year holding other people accountable for interceptions. And, in fact, there are many interceptions that don't go strictly on the quarterback. Things happen that are not his fault in the ball, and yet we keep the interceptions on his record, but that's the case with every quarterback in the league. After this game, I sensed a different tone with Bruce Arians. Now, it's only a few minutes, 10 minutes or so after they've lost this game in a horrific fashion, Um, but what he said about evaluating Winston was there's so much good and there's so much outright terrible. I mean, I've not heard him speak, you know, quite as emphatic about that, and you know, and, and as for the pass to Cameron Brait, which was intercepted, I mean, Bruce Arians says it's a bad decision. The ball was partially tipped. Um, but when you go back and you look at the replay, at no point does Deion Jones not have Cameron Brait covered. And he absolutely looks at him pretty much after the snap, stares at him all the way. And, and Deion Jones makes what would have been an interception, I think, even if the ball wasn't tipped. I think that's probably a pick six. So, if, if you know, on the one hand, Arians is saying it's a bad decision. On the other hand, Jameis Winston said, well, the ball was tipped, and, you know, you can't control that. And it magically, he said, magically ends up in somebody's hands and they run it in for a touchdown. That's not what happened. And there's still a little bit of a denial in Jameis Winston, who, as you mentioned, the first player to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, also the first, you know, the eighth player to throw for 5,000 yards, and he, and he threw 33 touchdown passes, both records for the Bucks. So there is a lot of good like Bruce talks about. But, man, I mean, this, like I said, this whole season, you talked about the individual performances. How about the one that Shaq Barrett put on paper this yeah. year? You know, I mean, that guy had three more sacks. He ends up as the first Buccaneer player not only to set the franchise record with 19 and a half sacks, he led the entire National Football League in sacks. The Chandler Jones didn't get any on Sunday. So, you know, you have that. Ronald Jones, we mentioned, went over 100 yards. Uh, Brashard Perriman looks like he's a number one, a number one, one receiver. One. Uh, you know, they're, they're playing without Mike Evans. They're playing out with Chris Godwin pretty much the last two and a half, three games. And this guy just goes off. And now they're not going to be able to afford him because he's going to get paid by somebody and there's not enough footballs to go around with the two guys they got coming back. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to be a Bucks fan and, and, and continually see the bizarre, right? Like the first possession interceptions, the first pass interceptions. And in a way, this was the first play of overtime that you saw the pick six. They never gave themselves a chance. And yet, you know what? If Matt Gay makes some field goals, Eduardo, we're not talking about an overtime interception. Right. I mean, Matt, Matt Gay, you know, he uh, – you know, we, we talk a lot about the kicker. We've talked – we talk more about the kicker in, in this organization, <laughs> than, organization than most than most kick most organizations do. Oh yeah, but um, you know, Matt Gay was on a really nice run in the, throughout the middle of the season. I think he, he made seventeen of eighteen after that Giants game where he mm-hmm. missed two extra points and a potential game winning field goal. Um, and the past three games, he just hasn't been himself. Three of eight, uh, two of those games have been at home. Bruce Arians pointed to the, 
the 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 fact that he he's struggling here at Raymond James mm-hmm. and specifically kicking towards that south end zone. That's right. Um, now, when you look at the numbers, home road, they're not really that much different. I think it's eighty two and seventy two, something like that. But and 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 Gay will tell you. That's not that shouldn't mean anything. I got to make those kicks, and you know right. the one thing about Matt Gay, we saw it after the Giants game, is that you know I think he's got a really good head on his shoulders. He's not Roberto Aguayo, you know. I think that he's gonna he, he came back from that. The tough part of this one is that there's not another week of practice. Exactly. There's not another game. This one's gonna sit in your crawl all off season. Yeah. And he said he's gonna use that as motivation. He's like, you know, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna work harder this off season because maybe because of this. You know, because I'm going to hate how this ended. You know, mm. any any guy, any field goal kicker, you always want to, even if you have a, a miss or something, you, you want to, you feel good if you end it with a make. The he next said. kick, yeah. You know, you want to finish with a make. Yes. And he he had three opportunities to, to get a, get one through the uprights and he missed. Now, one, the second one, one seemed to be a, a bad, a bad snap. snap. Yeah. looked like Bradley Pinion had some, some trouble getting it down. Yeah. But, but still, the results are the results. And it was 0 for 3. He he said pretty bluntly, I left nine points on the table there. Yeah, and and, and if, if either one, any of those go in, maybe we're not looking at overtime. So uh, and, and then you're not you know you're not talking. We're not talking about some of the other stuff we're talking about here. Um, we're talking about how great Bashar Perriman was. We're talking right. about how great Ronald Jones was. We're talking about how great this defense was. So mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's a frustration. Obviously, you see the frustration with a guy like Gay. He's a rookie. All these rookies have had their ups and downs. You know. Whether it's Devin White with the injury, whether it's Sean Murphy Bunting who came off the field today, his season ended with an ankle injury. Jamil Dean, all these guys, Mike Edwards, all Anthony Nelson, all these guys have dealt with their their uh, share of obstacles. Now it's really kind of about how how they kind of use this off season, their first real off season as as professionals to kind of you know springboard into next season. I think that's going to be a really important thing to look at you know early on next year. Yeah, they, they have a lot of things to address, um, you know, obviously in the off season, You mentioned some of the performances. You know, Devin White, all he did was return, uh, scoop and score a fumble, 91 yards for a touchdown. And this is, this is how Devin you White know. is. So this is why, why fans are going to love Devin White. When he talked about this play, he runs – he just basically gets a this – was a, this was a ball to shortstop right here. It was. Right? It was a one hopper, Big hopper. Out, of, out of Matt Ryan's hand. Jason Pierre's Paul swats it out. He's just there, takes it on one hop, and he's got 91 yards straight to the other end Green zone. Greengrass. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, he said about how last week he scooped up a fumble, was tripped up by Deshaun Watson right around the 25-yard yep. line. And he said how much he thought that he lost the game for the team because he didn't score on that on that, in, in on that ball. Game, yeah. Now, this was a 10-7 game. Yeah. In the second quarter, right? So much football left to play, but a guy like Devin White says, "I could have, I could have helped this. I could have won this game for us, or at least tied this game for us if I had gotten in the end zone." You know, and that's the mentality of this defense that it, it's almost grown to live through. Is we need to put points on the board, and they have put points on the board. Was it six or seven yeah. t- defensive touchdowns that this team scored? Yeah, six. White, should, I think White scored two of them. Yeah, and um, and it's almost a, the mentality that this team almost had the defense almost had to have. It's like you know. This offense might not be – it moves the ball. Right. But it might go the other way before they yeah, score. Right. Um, you got to outscore the other defense is what but, it comes but, down but, to. But going back to Donald White, he's just such a kid who's focused on 
doing the things that lead to wins. Yeah. And, you know, he talked a lot, and we'll write about this over the course of the week probably, but, you know, about how he's, he was a rookie this year. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? Next year ain't going to be none of that rookie stuff. Mm. You're going you're gonna to come. You're, I'm going to be have a bigger say. I'm going to be a bigger leader in this defense, and I'm going to bring guys with me. You know, he needs to. Pretty pretty vocal words for a guy. You know, yeah, and, he needs and, to. And he even said that he felt like he really couldn't be a leader even coming back from the injury because he didn't play. Yeah. You know, you can't really be yeah. a, a huge vocal you gotta leader. You've got to make plays. When, when, when you're on the sideline, that's right? That's right. That's and right. So, and, and that's natural, right? But now he, he's kind of feeling good about the way he, his season ended. He about should. About the way, you know, this, this year ended for him. And you're going to see a, him kind of take that next step. That's what I'm talking about with some of these rookies is – you know, and, and that's, I think, one thing that as we look from the end of this season into next season, it's something that they can really look forward to. But, again, the quarterback needs to stop turning the ball over. And, you know, look, I, I <laughs> this became a thing on Twitter. Of course, a lot of people are, are on us on Twitter all the time about Jameis. And Jameis is, a, he's a, is as polarizing a player as I've ever covered. I mean, that was the case when he came into the league. It's still the case five years later. There are people that will defend him no matter what, right? And then there are people who don't like him no matter what. Um, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. He's a talent. He's an extraordinary talent. Um, you know, he didn't blink when he lost Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He made Bashar Perriman a really good receiver. He threw a lot of deep balls to him, and to Perriman's credit, he stepped up and looked like a number one. Um, you know, and, and Jameis gives you a, that chance every time you go out there. Uh, but after he threw like his 30th interception, I mean, we there were people like ESPN's 30 for 30, right? The the series, the TV series they did, they tweeted out something about Jameis, like Jameis Winston, 30 for 30, finished this sentence. What if I told you? Dot dot dot. Right? I mean, it's it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. But it's like, you know, this is history. Like it's dubious, but. Who have you known that would, would have such, you know, dubious numbers? And, you, and people go back and say, well, Peyton Manning had a lot of interceptions and Brett Favre threw 300 and all that. Yeah, but, I mean, I go back to the fact that when Bruce Arians came in here, we knew that there might be some picks early on. And because it's a new offense, even Carson Palmer threw 22 his first year. When you throw 30 and seven of them are returned for touchdowns, you're not giving your team a very good chance to win. And, again, if Matt Gay makes one field goal, He's not on the field in overtime. They win the football game. And I get all that. I really do. But, you know, people have been talking about, what about a defense? You know what? They've had a good defense now for about seven weeks. For about seven weeks, this defense has not given up points. Hell, they gave up 23 to the Houston Texans who are in the playoffs, right? The Atlanta Falcons scored on the first possession on Sunday and had the ball four times inside the 35 and did not score a touchdown. I wrote about this this morning. Is this defense, it's done two things over the past six, seven games that, that winning defenses do. Right. And that's one takeaway. Take the ball they, over. They yeah. had four, they, going into today's game, they had 14 takeaways, I think, over the past seven games, averaging two a game, which ranked, I think, set tied for second in the NFL over that stretch. Right. And then the third down, stopping people on third down. And they did, they've done a really good job of that going into this game, and, they, um, and it's something that they've improved on over the course of the season. That's what winning defenses do. 
Mm-hmm. But and you've again, got the sack leader. I mean, here's the right, thing. Right. You, and, and, and let's not forget about another guy on the other end who we expected nothing from basically at the beginning of the year, who ended up with eight and a half sacks. Eight and a year. half sacks. Jason Pierre-Paul uh, gets a couple more. He ends up with eight and a half. He gets a five hundred thousand dollar bonus uh, for getting more than eight sacks. But yeah, a guy that they didn't even know would come back and play football. And you know, among the things they have to address, which we can talk about in a minute, is. They've got to find out which guys they can bring back and which guys they can't. And um, they have plenty of salary cap room, but that defense, with the exception of Vita Vea, who also had a sack in the game and has really stepped up his play, um, they're all going to be free agents. The one thing the Bucks didn't do, surprisingly, and, and Bruce Arians mentioned it on, on uh, Sunday, was they did not stop the run that well inside. They got a lot of yards, more yards than they're used to giving up inside to Devontae Freeman. Um, and uh, but they still hit Matt Ryan. They still contained Julio Jones for the most part. They did everything they could, uh, including scoring a touchdown, but win the game. And you know when you when you go to overtime, you win the coin toss, and you got the ball at the twenty five yard line. You damn sure can't throw your first pass for a pick six and end it. And I, I just I'm wondering what the evaluation will be like because part of the evaluation of Jameis will also be. Yeah, but who can we get? You know what I mean? Like, it's not as simple to say, hey, I don't like this player anymore. He's killing us. Let's get rid of him. The other question that's quickly asked is, who are we replacing him with? And the Bucks now we know are going to draft 14th. 14th. Not in the top 10, not in the top 20. I mean, you know, not, not top 5. 14th. And there's no guarantee that a, that a quarterback that you want to start, at least as a rookie, is going to be staring at you at number 14. And also, let's not forget, Bruce Arians, he didn't come here necessarily to buy green bananas. I mean, the guy's 67 years old. He's going to want to win and win quickly. But by the same token, again, I go back to his press conference, and I know it was right after the game. His tone has changed. Like, it is a real, we need to think about this. We need to evaluate this. I don't think it's a a complete gimme that Jameis is back. Um, I would think that they're probably leaning that way when they look at the field and realize, you know what, maybe we can't do better. But if you look at the talent on this offense, is it wrong to think that you couldn't find a quarterback um, who, you, if you surrounded with these guys, couldn't win games or win more games or throw away less games? I mean, I think that's all part of the equation. I mean, because they got talent on this football team. You said it after we were done writing. This is not a, a boring team to follow. This is an entertaining football team. They just happen to be 7-9, and nine, and Bruce Arians think they should have won at least 10 games. Yeah, they do nothing boring, whether it's no. good or bad. We, we, we've seen that all year long. But, you know, I, I think one, one, of the, one of the aspects to this is, well, you, you already know one thing is no one's thrown more interceptions than him, right? No. So you already have the answer to that. And you've spent five years putting all these weapons around Jameis for him to succeed. That's right. So you have the weapons. That's right. So. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Then the question is, is there somewhere here in the middle? 
you know, is there that you can live with? Is there somewhere here in the middle of whether it's Jameis or any other quarterback that's maybe not five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns, mm-hmm. but maybe it's somewhere closer to somewhere thirty five hundred and, and twenty five twenty five touchdowns, but twelve interceptions, right? You know, and and you know because you've got those weapons and those weapons are good in whatever form you use them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Chris Godwin's going to be a great receiver whether he's catching 100 balls or 70. Right. Uh, you know, Mike Evans is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver whether he catches 70 balls or 80 balls, you know. But I think the big question here is winning. It's winning, and it's not just getting to the playoffs. And these guys, a lot of these guys talk about it. It's not just getting to the playoffs. It's getting deep in the playoffs and getting to the Super Bowl. Like, can you – you can't win with this model, this this – no. 30-30 model. You cannot, no. There's no way you can win. With, I don't think there's anyone in that building across the street that will tell you you can't. No. So then the question is, how do you do it? You know. And the question is, after five years and after this year of basically bringing in a head coach to get this done, can you do it with this guy? And I well, know we get into a lot – like we get a lot of criticism for saying, oh, you guys just try to run Jameis out of town or you – know, you Well, know, I think he's and, doing a good job that himself. And, and, and you know who I'm talking to. Yeah, but, sure. But – but these are the facts. It's right. not sustainable. Right. It's not sustainable for winning. We've seen him blow off some 450-yard games, you know, and we've yeah. seen him lead teams of victory. Yep. We've seen fourth-quarter drives. Yep. But it's not sustainable. And so I, I don't think anyone in that building knows that the, thinks that the, thinks otherwise. So then the big question is, is what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the answer is they don't know. It'll be a guess either way because – on the one hand, if they think, well, you know, you can talk yourself into anything. Second year in the system, sure. interceptions will come down. But look, he had 16 games. You won't see a quarterback throw 30 interceptions in this league for a long time. Because nobody's going to be put out there that many times right. to keep throwing them, period. Right? Uh, there's at least four and arguably five games where you can say Jameis Winston threw these games away at some point. Now, every game... You know, it's, it's a team game. It's not always on one player. You can go back and look at a lot of plays that other players make or don't make, and everybody says, well, you don't hold them accountable. Well, I think the team does. But the fact of the matter is your quarterback is the one holding the ball every time, so you can't do anything about that. We, we made this reference even coming in here because you know, we, we saw highlights of, of Ryan Tannehill and the, the Tennessee Titans, and it's like, you know, that's a guy who no one really wanted. No, game at manager. Of, at the end of last year. but yeah. And I would, I would go on a limb and say that, the weapons that the Bucks have are, are much su- better than far Tennessee. superior than what the Tennessee yes. Titans have. Yes, with, with the exception of the running game. Yeah, the running. The Derrick Henry's probably a better player than what the Bucks have. But you have a guy who managed games and was able to and didn't make mistakes. Right. And led a team to the playoffs. Now, is that a team that's going to go far in the playoffs? Probably not. Well, and that's the but, that's the big thing right but there. That's a part of the equation too. Yeah, part of it is. If you're just looking to make the playoffs, we can find you a quarterback that might be able to do that and win win 10 or 11 games. But if you want to get there and win a Super Bowl, you need a dynamic quarterback, and, and that could be Jameis Winston. I do think, though, there is this, this fear of what did we throw away, right? Oh, absolutely. And then part of the equation, and it has to be asked of Bruce Arians, because he said this the other day. They said, Bruce, are you are – you, prone to want to you know to start with a rookie quarterback again and he says look I'm not afraid of it if it's the right guy right well at 14 I don't know that you're going to find the right guy but it's fair to ask whether Bruce Arians has the appetite to to have a a rookie or a young quarterback come in here and develop them 
I think you're going to have to have a combination, but you're not going to be able to allow Jameis Winston to go out there next year unopposed. Look, I don't know what Blaine Gabbert could have done had he stayed healthy, and I don't know what Ryan Griffin can do because he's never really played that much in a regular season game. He took a few snaps this year. But I do know you better have somebody behind Jameis, much like Tennessee did with Marcus Mariota this year. Yeah. Tennessee took the other opposite track. In fact, they got rid of Blaine Gabbert because they didn't think he was enough of a threat, enough of a quarterback to go in there for Mariota if he didn't play well. But what they did was they, they went and got Tannehill and said, if Marcus stumbles at all here, we're putting a guy in that we think we can win with. They made the change, and they're in the playoffs. You've got to have at least a scenario like that next year where you don't go, hey, we don't want Jameis looking over his shoulder. No, he needs to look over his shoulder. Whether he's getting paid $25 million or not, he needs to know that if you throw a couple pick sixes in there early in the season and cost us a few games, you're not going to go back out there. Right, when we've seen Jameis at his best, it's almost been a little bit under fire. Yes. You know, at, at the end of – Dirt cutter. And, and the thing is, it, it goes into what makes Jameis good is – Jameis is never going to get pinned up against the wall. Nope. He is going to come out and he's going to show the com- the competitiveness that, that we right. all see from him. Yep. So when they when he got the message from Dirk Cutter last year and said and said, you know what, you're just not good enough. Right. Right. And for the he, first time in his life, and he came out and he played some great football down the stretch when, when and he got didn't back turn it over that. Did much. not turn the ball over. I think it was. 10, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. Three interceptions, like that, that's right. Which is basically what the ideal thing is. But isn't Something that more aggravating about this guy is that, you know, and, and I think the football team they had last year wasn't as good as this one. Oh, they no, didn't have no, the defense. They didn't run the ball even as well as they have with Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones was a shell of himself. They didn't run it with, with Peyton Barber. I really think this is a better offense than, than what Jameis had a year ago. Team. Chris Godwin got better, all that, right? And yet... When Jameis Winston decided, I'm not turning it over, it was enough to win. They were able to win games because he wasn't making those mistakes. So with a better football team, if he doesn't make them, you wonder you know, just, just how it would turn out. I, I, some things happen. I'm telling you, we talk to coaches all the time. This is the quote I got from one of them. Unbelievable. Just single word. Unbelievable. Imagine, I mean... Imagine what it's like to to have to, to to have to go in there week after week, Monday after Monday, and say, you know, what were you thinking here? So it continues. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to have um, a, a lot of things to write about this offseason, not the least of which is the quarterback situation. They've also got another big ticket item. I mean, look, Shaq Barrett is going to get a lot of money. As much money as, as a defense. I used to think that, well, you know, it's a, it's a one-year kind of guy. Would people be scared off? He just led the National Football League in sacks with 19 and a half. Yeah, that's no joke. I mean, like, and, and the thing, too, is, like, you can look at Shaq's season, but again, wait, he had this incredible first Nine four, and four, four games, games, that's right. right. And, then and then he, he kind of slowed off. down. But then he had a two-sack game a couple weeks ago. Right. Ends with a three-sack game today, excluding, like, yeah. two in, like, a three-play stretch in a very important part of the game. Yeah, that, right? Re- re- and absolutely. So, and and. and so th- this is no joke, right? I mean, no, like, it's not like, a he's, fluke. He's gonna he's gonna get paid. It's funny listening to Shaq talk after the game because uh, he's almost talking as if he's already like as if he's staying. Like he's already, yeah. he's like you know we got a great defense for next year. This is gonna be great. Blah, yeah. Blah. And so <laughs> which is it's what you're probably gonna hear from him, you know, after the game. But like he says, you know, I I, I he's constantly said I don't have any plans of leaving. I don't think they have any plans of letting me leave. No. Um, and that might be the case. I mean, no player, especially in a situation like Shaq's, would be 
you know, happy with a franchise tag or transition no, tag or anything no. like that. They're going to have to pay them. Yeah, so, but they're, so they're going to have to give them some money, uh, and, and, and it's a pretty sizable money. Now, the big question is, you have so many free agents on that defense. You know, Can you we, sign we, them we, all? we talk about Barrett. We talk about Jason Pierre-Paul. We, we, one name we haven't mentioned is Carl Nassib, who, right. who had a good year, and, but also has a, a tremendous value as far as leadership. He was elected one of the team's captains on defense. Yeah. Um, Big motor guy. So you've got him. He's a guy you move. You can move inside and out, like, kind of like Pierre Paul. Um, and, and then, obviously, Dominican Sue, who didn't put up the big numbers, but obviously it's clear when you look at, at, at the way that, that this, this defense runs – is that, uh, that he's 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 an important part of it along with beside Vita Vea. So you've got a lot of guys on that front seven who are they're gonna have to make decisions on, try to resign, all that stuff. Um, and you got questions on other guys like you know Cam Brait. Uh, right. You know he has a seven million dollar contract, but like the fifth day of the league year, they got to guarantee him. Four, that's early March. Yeah, you know, early March yeah. you got to guarantee him four million of it. And so you know I talked to Cam. He goes, look, I. I'm being realistic. It's a business. I get it. I'd love to be here. This is where I want to live, you know, raise my family. Um, but I also understand, you know, you've got O.J. Howard. You've got Chris Godwin coming up for free agency at some point. Um, how much do they use the tight end of this offense? It's not very much. It's unfortunate. The last two games at home was Cam Brake dropping a ball on fourth down and then watching a the guy take one the other way, which was not his fault. That's how his potentially his career ends in Tampa, not exactly – um, the way he wanted to go out either. I mean, this image is going to burn. I mean, I, I, it's amazing that Jameis's first pass in the NFL was intercepted by a guy named Cody Sensabaugh of the, of the Tennessee Titans. First pass in the NFL, takes it back for a touchdown, pick six. Marcus Mariota that day threw four touchdown passes, and everybody just declared Marcus like the next greatest thing since sliced bread. Of course, nothing's really changed. Right. This could have been Jameis's last pass as a Buccaneer, his first and last go for a pick six. And in between, there was a lot of good and an awful lot of bad. And I don't know how you sort all this out. I wonder if there's going to be fatigue in the organization. You know, talking to Dan Orlovsky and other people say, you know, you can't make these decisions out of fear. You can't say, well, I'm afraid, you know, what we get won't be better and all that. But I know that they'll get to it and they'll evaluate it. And I, I think they're, if they're going to keep them, their only option would, would probably not be to sign them to a long-term deal, but to franchise them. I mean, and that's still – you know, a sizable amount of money, $27 million, but are you going to get Teddy Bridgewater? Are you going to get Phillip Rivers? Are you going to get, um, you know, uh, Andy Dalton? Are you going to get Cam Newton if he becomes available? I mean, just exactly what would be better. Um, and, you know, those those are all things that uh, Bruce, Bruce Arians and Jason Light are going to have to decide. But I don't think there's a solution right now. I don't think they're going to go to Ryan Griffin and to make him the starter. I don't think it's going to be – um, you know anyone that's currently on their team, so um, they'll have to think about it. But I, I did sense that the attitude was different with Bruce Arians. And the other thing about Jameis, I think he look every day he stands up and says, "I know I can't turn the ball over." And clearly, if he would stop or knew how to stop, he would do it. Even though we've seen him do it in the past, he also said something though that was a little maybe it was taken out of context. But he mentioned that you know. Check your sheet. You know, like I'm one. I would if I cut this out. If I if I fix this one problem, you know, I'm going to be the one of the best that ever played. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's like splashing paint on the Mona Lisa and saying it's a masterpiece. It's really not. 
I mean, you know, I mean, he's right in the context of yeah, you got to fix one thing, but it's a really it's big, the biggest thing. thing. Is it's there a, a really bigger thing, thing than the ball? Right, right. I mean, it really isn't. You handle the football. You. They used to say this all the time. You know, if you're a quarterback, you hold the futures of everybody in the building. I'm talking about the guy selling tickets, the secretary for the coach, you know, the the weight room people, your training staff. You hold that. You hold their futures in your hands every time you have. That's how big the responsibility is. Here's the one thing that kind of sticks with me after this one, Rick. And, and yeah, I know I, I might get hammered for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is that you know we we listen, I think we asked Bruce this on Friday after the last practice of the year. Mm-hmm. Someone asked, you know, what what do you, what do you hope that these guys got from this first year under under you as head coach? And he said, accountability. Accountability. He said such that, a big that, word. That we have accountability to each other, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, then the question, and the, the question with Jameis is, I think there can be the questions like, has he been held accountable? You know, and as, you know, and, and part of it is, you know, we. I think if, week to week he's been held if, accountable. If you've been, but 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 there's part of this too that's like, you know, from Jump Street. He was never going to get benched. There was never going to be anyone who was going to be a better option than him in the quarterback. Right. You know, 16 weeks going into that, no matter what happens, you know, that means you can do basically what you want. Well, and that goes back to the whole, like, premise is, was Bruce Arians good for Jameis Winston? Right. I mean, there is there is an argument, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what I think about this, but there is an argument that says this. Look, the worst thing you could have done would come in here and say, we're not going to have him looking over his shoulder – He's never coming out of a game. We think this is we're, we're going to let him, you know. And he's then the when he then when he throws a pick, you get up to the sideline, and you say, "Just keep letting it rip, baby." He's the most important person on the team. Yeah, he, this yeah, is his team. This is his team. And so all the other guys are in there going, "Hmm." So this guy can make as many mistakes as he wants to, but and then we're going to lose games because of it. But if I fumble or if I do something wrong, you know, then then they're going to hold me accountable. If I miss, if I miss a blitz pickup, so or if you're, I miss, yeah, your most you know, important guy on the team suddenly isn't accountable, and it's hard. The other thing is, how do you stand up in front of your football team after this season and say, guys, the ball is the thing, man. We have to protect the ball because they just led the league in, ta- in giveaways. They led the league, and he stood up on that podium and said, "You you're, can't, you're never going to playoffs. you're never going to playoffs if you do that." That's right. Well, they just did it, and the reason they did it. The quarterback. They had a fumble today. Yeah, they've had guys that have turned the ball over. But the quarterback is the reason why they just led the and, NFL. And then there's the other part of it. He's right in the sense that, yeah, you're never going to make the playoffs. Most teams that lead the league in turnovers are about four or five win teams. Yes. So that goes to show how much this team is overcame, overcame a lot because of Because of their stuff. talent. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's still problems with the – good Lord, we got problems with the kicking game again. we got to worry about Matt Gay coming into training camp and whether or not he can – Kick a ball in, he, in Raymond James. Where's he kicking into that south that south goalpost? The stunning thing is this team was five and three on the road. They yeah. played one game in England, one of their home games, but basically they won twice, twice all year at, at Raymond James Stadium. That's not good for ticket sales. That's not good for your football team or your record. I mean, usually when you would go five and three on the road, you win at least 10, 11 games during the postseason. This team didn't come close to that. They can't win at home. And Bruce said, I don't know why that is. I don't know why our quarterback plays bad here. And I don't know why our kicker sh- kicks bad here, but we got to find that out next season. So, it's been a uh, it's been a long and uh, well traveled um, season with the Bucks. Over twenty thousand four hundred miles. Uh, me and my buddy cop have traveled. We've watched each and every throw. 
Um, we've been to a lot of the practices. We've talked to a lot of coaches, but we got more in the offseason, uh, including on Monday, Bruce Arians will, uh, of course, later today meet with the media, give sort of his postmortem. It'll probably be a little longer press conference than normal, and then we'll have a chance to talk to the players, many of which, like Ndamukong Sue and others, will be free agents and see what their plans are. So we got a lot coming up uh, this, this week, probably in the next few months. We've still got... You know, the East-West Shrine game, the Pro Bowls in Orlando. They got a number of three players over there. I'm sure we'll be covering that. So plenty of Bucks coverage, NFL coverage, and, of course, the Super Bowl in Miami uh, in about a month or so. Uh, and then, of course, next year it's here at Raymond James Stadium. So, Is, is this where we do one shining moment at the this end? This is and, the one shining moment. The ball is tossed. That's right. The ball this is, is it. That's right. There you are. There you are. Running for your life. It's a pick You're six. A shooting star because you threw <laughs> another exactly. interception. Okay, now we're being okay. flippant. Now we're being a little unfair to Jameis Winston. But that's the way it feels after a long, long season. So, anyway, um, appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow with more from Bruce Arians and the guys over at One Buck Place. For producer Steve Burstick and Eduardo and Cena, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great night, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.